Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, a CME podcast series where each week we translate today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. I'm Dr. Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Chan Medical School and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult. Be sure to follow the link in the description after today's episode for more information about today's article and to claim CME credit. This podcast is brought to you by PrimeMed. Joey, a 59-year-old patient, is in today for a follow-up of his depression. He has suffered depression for many years, and despite several trials of different antidepressant medications, and he still remains in counseling. But today he reports that he heard on the news that magic mushrooms have been shown to be curative and asks your opinion about this and whether he should order some magic mushrooms online to treat his depression. Hi, this is Frank Domino, and joining me today is Dr. Robert Baldor, professor and founding chairman from the Department of Family Medicine at UMass Chan Medical School, Bay State, located in Springfield, Massachusetts. Bob, as a child of the 60s, why am I not surprised you're bringing this forward? (laughs) Well, Frank, I heard this story, and I said, you know what? People are going to be asking about it. We need to know more. Yes. So tell me about magic mushrooms. So magic mushrooms are naturally occurring, right? Uh, They've been consumed for their hallucinogenic effects in the past. Uh, Psilocybin is the main ingredient. It's a naturally occurring psychedelic pro-drug, and it's actually produced by many fungi, not just magic mushrooms. In the body, though, it's converted to psilocin. This has mind-altering properties very much akin to LSD and mescaline. The mechanism's action is unknown, but it bonds to several serotonin receptors. The effects of this has been reported as euphoria, visual and auditory hallucinations, changes in perception, distorted sense of time, and perceived spiritual experiences. Um, so mind you, maybe a child of the 60s, but I've never tried these myself. Uh, side effects um, have included panic, inducing panic attacks, and, uh, and nausea is a well-known side effect as well. So it's taken, by the way, orally or injected uh, IV, metabolized by the liver, biological half-life uh, about three hours when you take it orally, and, but apparently it has a very low dependency uh, liability. Okay, so uh, that's a good quick overview. Um, Can you talk a little bit about hallucinogenics in addressing psychiatric conditions? I I didn't know that this was a thing that was now currently being studied. Well, there's been a lot of case reports in the the literature out there about uh, using hallucinogenics, um, uh, but no really rigorous studies. So this was actually a randomized controlled trial. And by the way, it was a, uh, so it was a phase two double-blinded drug trial. Um, and so it sounds like it's going to be brought forward perhaps as a medication sometime in the future. 11 research sites in the U.S., a total of 104 participants uh, were enrolled, ages 30 to 52, equal number of men and women. They had a DSM-5 diagnosis of a major depressive disorder, at least 60 days duration, with moderate or greater symptomatic severity. And those are the folks that were uh, enrolled. Now, exclusion criteria included a history of psychosis or mania, any active substance abuse disorder, or any active suicidal ideation. By the way, some of these patients were taking uh, psychotropic agents, uh, and uh, they were allowed to participate if they tapered off of their current uh, medications uh, before using. Now, they were randomized to receive a single one-time dose, 25-milligram dose of synthetic psilocybin, or 
a 100 milligram dose of niacin, which was reused as the control group in identical appearing uh, capsules. So double-blinded study. Um, now, of note, though, this was administered in a very controlled environment with psychological support provided by either doctor-level psychologists or physicians along with a mental health co-facilitator. Now, this protocol involved a, um, a preparatory session, which was six to eight hours long, held with two facilitators. Uh, this was all done before the dosing day. The dosing day was also seven to ten hours long and conducted in a comfortable room with participants uh, encouraged to wear eye shades, listening to curated playlists on headphones under the supervision of the same facilitators that they had uh, met uh, in the uh, uh, pre-session. And then there were three four-hour-long post-dose sessions along with the participants. They were invited to discuss their uh, dosing experience. So, um, the measurements here were uh, using the Montgomery Ashberg Depression Rating Scale, the MADRAS score, which has a range, by the way, of 0 to 60. And they looked at from baseline to day 43. Secondary uh, outcomes included a MADRAS-defined sustained response and remission. So remission means that your MADRAS score is less than 10 on this uh, 0 to 60 score. And they also looked at uh, something called the, the Sheehan Disability um, uh, Scale as well. Okay, quite the protocol, not something we, we could easily run in our office. And they used niacin as a placebo. Can you talk a bit about that? Yeah, so they, they uh, specifically used niacin, um, so it would be an active placebo comparator. Because, as you know, people take niacin, you get a flushing effect. You, get some, you, you can feel something going on. And so they wanted something that would induce a physiologic uh, response in order to aid in the, uh, in, in, in the blinding. So I thought that was kind of neat. The, um, so when they look at the results, they found that the psilocybin was associated with a significantly reduced MADRAS score versus the niacin from baseline. So the baseline rate uh, was about 35, and it dropped 12 points down to 23 here, day uh, 8, and it was sustained at day 43 as well. And this, so this was a significant difference between uh, the niacin group, so about a 30% uh, improvement in scores. They also noted a very similar improvement in the Sheehan disability scores. By the way, that's rated on a scale of 1 to 10. And the baseline there was 7 and went down to about 4.7. Uh, so statistically significant, about a 30% improvement. However, when you looked at sustained depressive symptom remission, right, defined as a major score less than 10, there was no significant difference between the two groups. 25% um, of those taking psilocybin did achieve that score, but so did 9% receiving the niacin. So it was uh, a trend there, but uh, the p-value was 0 0.05. So uh, not reaching statistical uh, significance, but some interesting finding. Most common adverse effect was uh, headache. Um, uh, 60, two thirds of those receiving the psilocybin, and only, but only a quarter of those receiving niacin uh, had that. And then nausea, half of those taking the psilocybin had nausea, only 6% receiving the uh, niacin reported that. And as you can imagine, visual um, effects were reported by uh, about half of the psilocybin participants on the day of dosing, and about 6% uh, after the day, all those resolved by study conclusion. Those are talking really about uh, hallucinations. Um, interesting, they also looked at suicidal ideation. One participant receiving the psilocybin uh, had an increase in suicidal ideation over the baseline score, but five of those in the niacin had an increase in their, um, uh, in, in their suicidal ideation scores. Uh, so there was significant improvement there. 
Okay, just to recap. So the psilocybin group had an, uh, a tw- minus 12% difference compared to the niacin group, and that was sustained at day 43. The disability scores went down, but beyond that, to get to remission, there was no statistical difference. Interesting study um, in a very interesting protocol administered in a very controlled environment. What are we going to tell Joey, who wants to go buy his magic mushrooms on the, lo- on the Internet? Yeah, that is really a um, a, a good question. I, I did note there were no short-term significant side effects noted, so that's helpful. But I so I would inform him. Yes, there's been some data supporting the use of psilocybin, which is contained in magic mushrooms, um, for treatment of uh, of depression. But these studies have been done with synthetically manufactured psilocybin and administered with significant psychological support. Psilocybin, by the way, is not available in the U.S. And while magic mushrooms may be for sale on the internet, I'd be careful taking sub, sub, such substances uh, at this time uh, on, uh, to treat your depression and certainly just doing it on your own. Oh, I agree. I, I try to encourage people to stay away from supplements, stay away from anything they can buy on the internet, especially if the FDA hasn't approved it. Um, and probably most importantly, they should not wean themselves off their antidepressant to give this a try. Bob, great data, great information, very insightful and very timely. Thank you so much. Thanks, Frank. Practice pointer. Some data supports the use of psilocybin, which is contained in magic mushrooms, for the treatment of depression. But these studies have been done with synthetically manufactured psilocybin and administered with a psychological support program. While magic mushrooms may be for sale on the internet, psilocybin is not available in the U.S. at this time and cannot be recommended to treat depression. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. To claim CME credit and receive additional information about the article referenced in today's episode, follow the link in the description. To stay up to date on the most recent clinical research and news, please subscribe to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine and be sure to check out primed.com for additional CME content.